All right, can you hear me now? Yep, I got you. All righty, let's just start from the top. So <laughs> welcome, everyone, to another Couch Potato Sports Denver Broncos edition podcast. I'm Zach. I'm here with my great buddy, Anthony. Anthony, how are you doing? How was your night? I'm doing good, man. It was a good night. Usually, uh, we usually go do some stuff on Friday nights, but kept it low-key tonight and just hung out around the house with the kids. Yeah, pretty chill night, man. Very nice. Yeah, those low-key nights are... They're pretty underrated, especially when you are a parent of two kiddos, two young kiddos. So yeah. sometimes just hanging out at home is the uh, they'll go to just a relaxing night at home for sure. So absolutely. Very nice. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Um, you guys got any big plans for the weekend? Uh, yeah, we're actually house hunting tomorrow. We're going to we got a few uh, houses set up to go walk through tomorrow. So, yeah, what? Yep, really? Yeah. Where at? <laughs> um. So we're up in Decono right now, uh-huh. and we like me and my wife and I both grew up in the Thornton area, right? But it's like unbelievably expensive. Yes, and we found we've gotten. I mean, we found a few houses there that, right when we talked to our agent, like to let's get a set up and go look at them. They're like sold within the day, which is kind of a pain in the ass. But so right now we're uh, we're going out to like newer Commerce City area, like northern northern Commerce City, like around Buffalo Run Golf Course, like reunion okay. area. So that's close. That's you're getting into my neck of the woods now. Oh yeah, you're in Brighton. I'm over, I'm over in Brighton, right off of 76, right there. So you'll be oh. right down the road for me. The house but we're hey. really wanting is uh, right off of 120th and 76. So. There you go. Yeah. That's that's pretty damn close, man. You just right take uh, that's right next to Bar Lake, pretty much. Yep. So, yep. Exactly. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, hey, I wouldn't mind you coming up. You guys coming out here, becoming neighbors. That would be great. That would be great. That'd um, be awesome. Have you guys looked in Brighton at all? Um, not too much. It's a little. I mean, because I work all the way in Arvada, so even like northern yeah. Thornton is kind of far. So. Brighton's a little is pushing it. My wife drug me up to De- she drug me up to Decono last year, and uh, it commute hasn't been too bad. It has its good days and bad days, but yeah, we like it a lot up here. But the this house we bought was our our starter home, and uh, yeah, just with the second boy here now, kind of starting to get tight. So yeah, gotta gotta get a bigger house. We're thinking. I hear you on that. We were in the same exact situation, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, we uh, we actually go down the reunion area quite a bit because they have, uh, well, my area Brighton. They're still developing. I live in like the Brighton Crossing area. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but uh, they're still developing over in that area. So uh, we'll find ourselves in going down to reunion because they have a really good pizza joint over there. It's called Dion's Pizza. Have you heard of it? I actually have heard of it. Yeah, I saw. I was looking up some like reviews for the reunion area because we were looking at houses there. So I did, okay. I did hear about it. Uh, I would definitely check that out. It's uh, it is a chain, but uh, it's not huge out in Colorado. It's a big New mm-hmm. Mexico chain. Okay. Uh, Cause actually a buddy of mine that I work with, he uh, is from New Mexico and he was super pumped to find out that there was a Dion's in Commerce city. So uh, we went and tried it really, really good pizza. So check it out if you can. Um, and then, are you guys Dutch Bros fans? Dutch Bros? No, not necessarily. Uh, really? Okay, because there's a Dutch Bros right there next to you guys, also. Oh, okay, yeah. Nope. I'm a. I mean, I'm a big coffee drinker, but it's a pot of coffee. My wife's a Starbucks person, so there you go. <laughs> hey, I got you hooked on the pumpkin stuff. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> oh, cool, man. Well, I wish nothing but the best of luck for you guys. Trust me, I know how miserable house hunting is in Colorado oh, because, you know, I mean, hell, the first house we put our our starter house on, you know, it had like 12 other offers on it. And that was mm-hmm. that was the house that was like the fifth or sixth house that we put an offer on. So it's it's a it's pretty shitty time. And you, and I'm sure you guys know to expect that. But oh, yeah, seriously, we wish the best of luck to you guys. And right on. And I hope you guys get the house that you guys want because that would Appreciate be sweet. It. It's really exciting. Yeah. It's really exciting, man. So, yeah, it's exciting, definitely. So, well, cool, man. So, all right. So, should we get into this? So, yeah, let's do it. So, I know we talked about in the last podcast about 
Obviously, we were excited about the Broncos absolutely <clears throat> butt-fucking the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> for lack of better term. Yeah. So, uh, but if I remember correctly, we were also pretty cautious about how we were going to feel going forth in the season. And then you and I, and then Kelsey was a part of that podcast. Kelsey, bless your heart. I know that uh, Anthony and I were kind of bickering back and forth about what our favorite <laughs> Broncos game was. But thank you for hanging up, hanging in there. Uh, Kelsey, you're great. And big shout out to Kelsey, by the way. Uh, she's accepted a job through a, a reporting company that works directly with the Colorado Avalanche. So yeah, big awesome. shout out to her. She's uh, participating in morning skate tomorrow morning. That's her first wow. day. That I is know. awesome. That is awesome. So congratulations, Kelsey. That is great news. She's going to bring a lot to yourself. the Crash the Net podcast. I know, right? Like, looking forward yeah. to it. Obviously, <clears throat> if there's no uh, contractual con- constraints, you know, that whole deal. But uh, yeah. definitely take any knowledge that she offers, and, ex- you know, that would be great going forward. So awesome. It's awesome for her. But anyways, yeah, you and I were bickering about our favorite game and all this stuff. And then uh, we kind of just got into, like, what was – what would you rather see the Broncos tank a season or roll with what they got this rookie talent that they, you know, they did show out and play this mm-hmm. past few game like this, that rookie squad looks pretty legit so far. So, um, and then go into the next season, you know, you have a mid round draft pick, you know, assuming that you try to make a playoff push, and you establish that winning culture back. So that was that was the big thing that we went over. And, and so this all uh, leads into this week. You know, that was a big topic of discussion was how were the Broncos going to match up against the Philadelphia, the struggling Philadelphia Eagles team? And you and I have mentioned in the past that the Broncos play down to the level or play up, uh, apparently, to yeah. the level of their competition. So the ultimate question, and I wish I had an answer. We're going to get answers Sunday evening um, after the game's over. And is this Broncos team going to finally break that damn five-year curse of playing to the level of their competition and – play the Philadelphia Eagles the way that they're supposed to be playing them on paper, on paper. We're talking about on paper. So Mm -hmm. uh, Broncos are favorites. I think they're two and a half point favorites um, Mm -hmm. in this game. Uh, You are out both of your starting tackles, which, you know, Calvin, I'm not too worried about Calvin Anderson or Cam Fleming. So, yeah, they, they came out well. and they played really well. So I'm not too concerned about that. We have a lot of questionable players, but uh, the big one, Pat Sertan, he was practicing. I saw uh, videos of him practicing and stuff. So he should be good to go. Um, but yeah, and you're coming at home. You're coming back home. And you're going to be in front of the orange and blue crowd. You know, everyone's going to be hyped up. You know, it's, it's going to be a good time, especially after the Dallas Cowboys win the Stadium's yeah. going to be rocking. Yes, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. Yours truly. I'm going to be at that game. And oh, yeah. Definitely going to contribute to that noise. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, that's the ultimate question is, will the Broncos succeed in this game? Are they going to be – And I remember asking in the last pod, I don't expect them to go out there and just blow out a team every week. That's unrealistic. Right. This is the NFL. Um. I'm just asking that they're competitive going forth because they've shown that they can play extremely competitive against a very good football team, you know? So, yeah, man. And that's the big question. So, yeah, dude, I mean, it's so hard to, to know what to, what to expect from the Broncos because obviously we've seen like extreme highs and extreme lows in this season alone. And with an Eagles team, you know, this Eagles team is – they're almost like – they're very similar to the Broncos. Like, they have, like, super big weeks, and then they have, like – or they have super good – you know, they play super well against some, you know, really – and then on the other hand, they play, like, really poorly against 
like the Broncos are playing themselves this week. But, but um, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the Eagles, so the last two weeks, last week the Eagles lost on a, a second field goal against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. In, Good team. In, in, yeah, exactly. In L.A., a super talented team, superstars all over that uh, team. Then the week before, they put up 44 points on the Lions. And, of course, the Lions are the worst team in football. But they still scored 44 points. Against an NFL team. An yeah. NFL team and only gave up six that game. So, you know, this is a team that can perform well. And Jalen Hurts, I think, is one of the I've, – I've always been a Jalen Hurts fan dating back to his day oh. at Alabama. Oh, yeah. I like Jalen Hurts, too. <clears throat> and I think he's got a lot of talent and he just, like – kind of shows up out of nowhere and plays well from time to time. And I think, you know, <laughs> this this defense is obviously, I would say, our Broncos defense obviously out is outmatched or outmatches the Eagles offense. I think yeah. across the board, there there's no reason on paper, like you said, that this offense, the Eagles offense, should really be able to do much with the Broncos defense. But- well, that's – but that's like – I mean, this defense was slated to be a top three defense going in. So there's not many teams that should match up against this right. Broncos defense. So that is a fair statement. We're not, we're not sitting here shitting on the Eagles offense because they obviously can produce points. We're just – you know, our defense is a very solid – you know, they held the number one offense to zero points until garbage time. Right, So, right. So, go ahead, Anthony. Go ahead. Yeah, dude. And, and I was saying, yeah, Jalen Hurts. But as we know here in Denver. It starts and ends with your quarterback. And Jalen Hurts. And. Have a couple of decent running back. You know, they're, I guess they're, they're starting running back. Miles Sanders is on IR currently. I think I'm pretty game, but they have a guy, two guys named Boston Scott, Ken Gainwell. They're very serviceable, and the Broncos have shown weakness in their. Yeah. Young uh, Rams. without pass or tan, but an offense that throws even in the lens, it was almost all on the ground. When this game, they have to play football at this team. Play good defense. Teddy, take care of the an easy win, but Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from, and you always the the way that I try to hey, can you hear me, Anthony? Yes, sir. It is on the struggle bus with technical difficulties tonight. So yeah, um, I'm I'm thinking it might be my on my end. I'm uh, currently using uh, just like my. T-Mobile data because my Wi-Fi is out for some reason, so I think uh, it could be on my end, so I oh, apologize okay. for that. Well, let's keep going. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, what I was saying after you finished what you were saying, which I did hear what you were saying, is that um, the, so there's, there's a lot of factors that go into this game, and in my opinion, it's you have that whole factor of the any given Sunday cliche statement. You know, any given Sunday, the Broncos can go out and blow out the Cowboys. Any given Sunday, the Jaguars can beat the Bills by a field goal. Yeah, things have been crazy lately, too, in the NFL. Yes. Last so the, night's game. Yeah, I mean, the Miami Dolphins 22-10, to 10, which is – I have a funny story with that. So, uh, I have my fantasy team, obviously, and – I forgot to change my lineup and I have the Buccaneers defense sitting on my bench and I have the Dolphins defense playing. 
Oh, wow. And I was like, I got the notification that the game had started right when I got home from work. And I was like, no, shit. (laughs) I was like, so I went and checked and yeah, obviously it was locked in, but I was like, all right, fuck it. Let's roll with it. Dolphins got me 20 points. They scored a touchdown, had a pick and held the Ravens to 10 points. So, I mean, it worked out. It doesn't usually work out that way for me. Usually uh, (laughs) I'm pretty screwed. Um, so, but yeah, it worked out. So, but yeah, like the any given Sunday concept has been running rampant in the NFL these past couple of weeks. Yeah, I saw it's a crazy. Absolute... I, I, sorry, I saw a crazy stat today that, uh, in, within, including last night's game and then last week, teams that are like a seven point or more underdogs are five and one. It's just like what just like is unheard crazy. of. Yeah, so, like given Sunday. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely nice for the betters though that take the over. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, but yeah, that's so that's the biggest concept is the any given Sunday cliche statement. You know, that's been pretty relevant these past couple weeks, and <clears throat> it could it could uh, carry over into this week. Who knows? Um, that's the glory of the NFL. You never really truly know. Even though, like, you can be pretty sure, but you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that is applicable in this game. You know, the Broncos are favorites. It's not like it's like a huge upset if the Eagles beat the Broncos. It's really not. It's it's upsetting because the Broncos played so well <laughs> against the Cowboys. Yeah, but it would be. I mean, it wouldn't be as surprising because we we know how this Broncos team operates based off historical references. And it's yeah. play really good this week and then completely shit the bed the next week. You know, it's uh, against a, a, a worse team. Exactly. And, uh, but the Eagles aren't a team to be taken lightly. Like, they still have the Jalen Hurts. Like, I think he's the future there in Philadelphia. I truly do. He's a very talented quarterback, very athletic, has a strong arm. And I, I was listening to uh, – I can't remember what I was listening to, but they were talking about how – they have one of the most uh, most successful plays with the long pass. So it's like their protocol is run, run, throw deep, and it works. Mm-hmm. And it works for them. Um, and uh, what's their uh, – Jamar Chase? Is that, is that on no, the Eagles? No, Devon, Devontae Smith, yeah. Devontae, Devontae Smith, Smith, yeah. I always get those. <laughs> All their wide receivers mixed up. So, I mean, Devontae Smith, you know – very, very talented wide receiver out of Alabama. And that's another guy, like we talked about in a few pods before, that Pat Sertan knows this guy. He knows Devontae Smith. He knows yeah. his his uh, mannerisms when he's a wide receiver. He knows what ways he likes to go and cut and all that stuff because they played yeah. with each other at Alabama for so long. So, um, so that's another key matchup to look at. I could definitely see – if Pat Sertan is lined up on Devontae Smith, which I can't imagine they wouldn't do that because they know each other, you know? Exactly. So, um, so that's, that's a concept. And then you have the concept we mentioned earlier about the Broncos playing to the level of their opponents. And that's, I know we beat the dead horse with this, but it's very relevant. It's, this is, this is textbook Broncos that we could be witnessing. It's, Completely blowing out a team and then barely winning slash losing to a subpar team. So these are all things we got to consider going into this week for sure as fans because, you know, if you're going into this game thinking that the Broncos have an easy win because of what they did to the Broncos, you're in. You might be in for a rude awakening. Exactly. You might be in for that. And And like I said last pod – you know, I obviously joked around about the Bronx winning the Super Bowl and whatnot, but then literally, like, right after that, I'm like, and I would not be surprised surprised if they get their ass kicked by the Eagles. Yeah, you did it's say just... that. And uh, hopefully that doesn't happen, but yeah, I mean, right. that's something we got to be ready for at this roller coaster, emotional roller coaster of a team that we've been dealing with the last five years. But on better news, Pat Shermer's out. <laughs> yeah. Pat Shermer is out. Right after he calls a, an amazing game, he gets COVID. So it, it, it should be really interesting to see how 
this game plans out. Hey, I'm all for it. I just because Pat Shermer had one good football game doesn't mean I still don't have a lot of problems with it. Oh, I'm with I, you. I have been wanting to see Mike Shula take the reins for a while now. I want to see what he has, you know, and you know, Pat Shermer and him are talking, you know, they are, and you know, they're going to devise a game plan up together and stuff. But when they're on the field, it's Mike Shula's offense and he's going to choose whatever he wants to do, you know, as far as play calling, you know, it's, it's going to be his game. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I want to see, I want to see an offense from a different lens from a coach. I want to see, he and he's been sitting back, and, you know. He's he's obviously you know assisted Pat Shermer and advised and all this stuff, but you never really fully have the reins unless you're offensive coordinator, you know, and that's and you're in charge of the offense completely. Where is your head coach as a defense coordinator, pretty much? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to see like what Mike Shula has planned up and how he can utilize the talent that he has in offense. And that's a big thing. So I am looking forward to seeing that for sure. Um, hopefully it goes well. Um, I feel pretty confident that it will. You know, it just uh, – you can't do much worse than Pat Sherman, <laughs> if I'm being right. frank with you. so Right. I mean, um, if uh, Shula wants to – he just needs to run the ball like they did last week. Because this Eagles defense cannot stop the run. They cannot stop the run at all. So I'm looking for Javante and Melvin both to have big games again, just like last week. And, of course, pick, pick and choose your shots deep with our receivers. They have Darius Slays over there on the Eagles defense. And even though he's getting up there in age, he's playing great this year. So I'm going to be really interested to see how or who he's going to be shadowing because he's that kind of corner. Or he shadows the number one receiver on the other team. So whether it's he's going to be on Cortland, whether he's going to be on Jerry Judy, I'm looking forward to seeing that because somebody is going to be open. Oh, yeah. and not to, not to mention this team is awful at covering tight ends. So we'll see how well no fans feeling now that he's back. You know, he cleared the COVID, the COVID bullshit. He's back practicing full and Albert O's out. So, we should get a whole heaping servant of no fan this week. At least I hope so, man. Uh, and like goes back into the what I was saying about Mike Shula. <coughs> Hopefully Mike Shula can see his tight ends and start utilizing more. Yeah. And I see oh man, I've seen so much hate towards Noah Fant, and it drives me crazy. Yeah. It drives me crazy, man. And I understand. I completely understand about his blocking and all the penalties he's had on this year. But I think there's more than meets the eye with that. I think there's a lot more issues that he's that he's having, specifically yeah. with the relationship with the coach. And that's it's not it's by no means an excuse, but you know, right. if you're if you're not feeding your talented guys the football, they're gonna they're gonna get frustrated because yeah, we, they, they wanna contribute and we know Noah Fan can contribute. Yeah. And if you're not giving him and again, I know he's one of the most targeted tight ends in the league, but the targets are just the stat within themselves. Exactly. It's the context that people yeah. need to realize that this guy, this, the third and short bullshit dump offs, don't exactly. do anything for no offense. It's like, exactly. okay, no offense. Here's your chance. Go get 12 yards and convert the first down on this short dump throw. Design plays for him. Yes. Design plays around yes. him. Yes. Because I mean, we have a very talented we have very talented weapons on offense. You know, top to bottom, Noah Fant might be the most talented at his position. Obviously at his position, but like when you're comparing him to all the receivers, like Noah Fant is probably the biggest mismatch. Design plays for him. Design yeah. specific packages that you're gonna be like, all right, this ball is Fant Fant. Should be your one and only target. Obviously, not only target, but you know what I'm saying. Design, you know, an offensive game plan around this guy. He's that talent. He's that talented of a of a player. And you know, this might sound bad, but fuck the blocking. We did not draft this guy to block. We didn't. Yeah, and I get it. Tight ends are supposed to do all things, and you know, I understand that. And he's serviceable. 
keep working with him. Let him continue to grow. I think a lot of people forget that. These guys are like 23, 24 years old. Like they have so much more to grow. They have so much more knowledge. You know, they're gonna he's gonna get smarter. He's gonna get more comfortable in the NFL still. He's gonna probably get stronger. Like let him let his blocking come in time. And if it doesn't come in time, then put him in the fucking slot and let him go wild in the middle of the field because he's that kind of player. Mm-hmm. The, the Raiders don't sit there and bitch about Darren Waller not blocking. Okay? Yeah. He fucking goes out there and is a mismatch for defenses and kicks ass. Do that. Do that yeah. with no fan. And we've, ho- been, we've been preaching it on this podcast for months. My God. And we always yeah. say, hopefully this is the game we get to see a, a heaping portion of Noah fan. Yeah. And I mean, that rests on Mike Shula. It really does. I mean, this is, this is his chance to, you know, going forward to maybe make a name for himself, you know, and mm-hmm. possibly get an OC job elsewhere if he doesn't stick around here. And he's going to take full advantage of it. You know, he's if he has any aspirations of becoming an offensive coordinator, like this is the game where he can go out there and prove that. And and it starts off by, in my opinion, using your talented guys in the way that they're meant to be used. Yeah. And targeting. I like to see. I like to see more Jerry Judy too. That's another big guy. I'd like to see more plays with Jerry Judy, not the the bullshit wide receiver screens where he gets blown up in the backfield. You know, I'd like to see, you know, more of the inside routes and he's shown that he can jump up and get the football. You remember that Mm -hmm. play last game between two Cowboys receivers or defensive backs with Trayvon Diggs being one of them, Mm -hmm. you know, like he's super talented. So I'd say I'd like to see more Jerry Judy too. Yeah. I just don't want Shula to get like, You know, oh, here's my shot to prove that I can do this. And, of course, he wants – I'm sure he wants an OC job. Like, you always want to get – you know, grow and get better. But I hope he doesn't take this as his opportunity to get too creative. Like, that's not what this offense is under Teddy Bridgewater. If you had a different right. quarterback – if you ha- I mean, even if you had Drew playing, you want to get creative? Fuck it. Let him sling the ball around, stupid, whatever, you know. You know? But with Teddy and you want to win this game, the Broncos are obviously, like, still – in that wild card for a playoff spot, so shit, man, they're game. in contention for the AFC West. Yeah, good point, great point. So, yeah, I mean, you, I just don't want him to do too much. I don't want him to try to do too much. Run the right. offense, run the offense the way it's designed to be run. Just do it better than Shermer, which should yeah. not be hard to do. <laughs> should not be hard to do. Right. Uh, and, and I totally agree with you. And I guess I'm not asking him to be so creative with it, but I am asking him to utilize his players. Oh, I'm with you. 100%. So, 100%. And it doesn't take creativity to know that Noah Fan is a mismatch. It really doesn't. It, yeah. it's, especially against, you mentioned the Eagles defense has struggles against tight ends. It's so, like the worst, like the worst in the league at covering tight ends. Dead so last. That's another thing is definitely establish that run game because their run defense is not very good this year. And once you establish that run game and you're running, all, running it down their throats, that opens up the pass game for you. And that's textbook NFL right there. Here's and, an idea. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Here's an idea, Shula. <clears throat> You find number 77 on the O-line, who's our new starting right guard, and you run behind him. Did you see that? You know that Javante run last week where – Was it Quinn Miners? It, Miners, yeah. Did you see that Javon, Javante run last week where it looked like – I mean, he was in a pile. It's a typical Javante run. He was, like, in a pile. He, he got, like – he broke through the left side of the line, and it was, like, a counter play, and Miners released and, like, ran with – Javante and Javante had like three defenders on him and he broke through and got an extra like 15 yards. Do you remember that play at all? Yeah. Did you see Quinn Miners? Uh, the Broncos like had him break down that play like this week and like kind of talk us through it and explain what was going on. Did you happen to see that? No, I didn't. Dude, it's great. That guy is such a character and, and he's a really, really good player. And in that play, he was kind of saying like, yeah, I mean, those running backs that he changes, not just your offense, but he changes like your team 
he pops off one of these runs that he's famous for, it energizes everybody. And he was saying how, with how Javante's running style is, he does not give up, obviously, and he does not go down, and he's always fighting. So it makes him want to fight. It makes the O-line want to fight and everybody else. And it was awesome because it was one of the Cowboys' safeties. Javante, like, breaks his tackle, and Miners comes up and, like, hits him down, like, after Javante already broke the tackle. He's laying on the ground. Javon, or excuse me, Quinn Miners, like, pancakes him, smashes him, <laughs> like, just jumps on top of him and smashes him. It was fucking... I'll have to try to find that again and send it to you because it, it was a great breakdown. But, yeah, I love... I mean, it sucks that we lost Graham Glasgow because, you know, at least he's a, an above average, I would say, interior lineman. But this Quinn Miners, man, he's been, like, a talk... Everybody's been talking about him since they draft, since draft night, really. Since the Senior Bowl, since the Senior Bowl, exactly. He's one of those guys that just absolutely dominated at <clears throat> the lower tier of college. So I'm, I'm really excited to get his chance because I think he's proven to fans, his teammates, coaches, everything that he probably should be starting. Like he's outplayed Mooty when they've each been given the chance. So. We're obviously down three starters this week on the O-line, which is never ideal, but I think we're going to be all right. Like you said earlier in this pod, Calvin Anderson, Cam Fleming, and to top it off, Quinn Miners getting more time. Yeah, run the ball still. Keep They did it last week against a better defense. Do it again. Exactly, and <laughs> it'd be nice to see more of that belly in action. Yeah, I love it, dude. I just, I love when that's one thing I do love with the Broncos. Like, it seems like over the past, you know, five, six years, it's just been like, there's just, I mean, like, there's just no personality on the team. Like, with the, those Super Bowl years, those great years with Peyton, obviously, you have Peyton, guys like Akib Talib, Emmanuel Sanders. Like, you just had like personalities across the board. And now, like, the Broncos are finally starting to get back into that, you know, new next generation of talent. And I just love players like Quinn Miners because he brings recognition to the Broncos. Like, people knew who he was and were relating him to the Broncos, obviously, on draft night because, like, oh, look at this guy blocking trees (laughs) and his belly sticking out and stuff. Like, as a fan of different teams – or as a fan of the Broncos, when I see like players on other teams that kind of catch my eye like that, it makes me more interested. It makes me want to watch them. So I just think those kind of guys are great for not just fo- not just the Broncos, but football in general, the NFL in general. So I'm really glad he's on our team, and I I really am pulling for him because I really want him to be good. That he's, like I said, he's just a character, man. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more about the personality factor, and like you said, that has been been something that this team has lacked for so long you know mm-hmm. it's and what what ultimately was the demise of the broncos is that you know some of that personality carried over from the <clears throat> super bowl 50 broncos yeah. into the next couple of years and it just it didn't mesh well because you remember the defense and the offense having beef with each other in practice and oh, yeah. during the game so like that personality that they had didn't work with the that they had with the Super Bowl 50 era. Shit was even work. In, on the same when Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton fought at training camp. Oh yeah. You know, it's, and yeah. Emmanuel Sanders has always been super confrontational about exactly, you know, if you run back to the huddle, you don't walk kind of a thing. So, yeah. um, so it just didn't mesh well. So it's, it's nice to see this new evolution of personalities. And I think it would be a, it's, it's better to mesh when you have players that grow together that have been there since day one together. 100%. And, yeah. and then it, you ultimately, it all feeds into that concept of bringing the winner, winning culture back to Denver. It's yeah. you have these players with these, you know, unique personalities going out there. And, you know, and you see players out there like Quinn Miners, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, that guy is awesome. I love his personality. It makes me want to play better. Exactly. You know, it's fun. It, this sport, this game is fun again. Winning is awesome. You know, let's let's 
keep moving forward. Yeah, Quinn, we love it. We love the belly. Keep it coming, you know, like, Oh yeah. So yeah, I, I, that is a really good uh, concept that you brought up Anthony, because the personality factor has been lacking on this team for a long time. And, and I mean, a lot of it, I mean, was in the quarterback position too, because, you know, we just, we didn't have a quarterback for one yeah. for a long time. And, you know, that kind of, I think it all started with Teddy actually showing some leadership traits on this football team mm-hmm. and it allows the players to have someone to look up to when they're playing the football game, you know, somebody to, you know, as that calming voice to get you through a, a bad situation in a football game. So I think it started there and then, you know, having someone like Quinn Miners and then all that stuff. It's just, I like, I like the direction that this team is going. I truly do. Yeah. That's, was, okay. that's why I was like in the last pod, I was talking about how I would rather see, you know, what the foundation that we have already with the draft picks, George Payton has already made because, and the additions that he's made, he's already made, you know, he's already has an A plus in my book so far. So far. Yeah. Um, And I think it'd be good to see, you know, this foundation next year and then build from that and see how it works out. And obviously you're going to have a brand new coaching staff and all that stuff and a new owner. So, uh, you know, get the winning culture back started this year and hopefully make a run for the playoffs. You know, it'd be great if we, I mean, this is, it's not far fetched to think about. It's really not. But like I mentioned earlier, the Broncos are still in contention for the AFC West. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of divisional games coming up too. So, yeah. So they're going to be really tested the second half of the season after this bye week next week. Yeah. So, I go into the go into the bye week six and four. Take the week off, regroup, and let's go. Like yeah. let's just hit the ground running and go after the Chargers. Go after the Chiefs. Win that game against the Raiders. Take all that hate and anger that you know we didn't see much of it after that game, but I know it was there. I know you guys mm-hmm. were pissed that you lost, but take that and just funnel it into that Raiders game and just lay the hate down. At, in their home turf, you know, show the Raiders that, hey, this is we're a new and improved Broncos team. You should probably take it seriously and then right. take one from the Chiefs. Finally, just take one from the Chiefs. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was thinking about this a lot this. Uh, <clears throat> and I was trying to like. Do you do you I'll ask your opinion. Do you think them trading Vaughn? I mean, it's obviously ushering a, it's ushering in a new era for this team. In, um, but do you think like that maybe like kind of sparked the team in a way because everybody thought like, oh, they're done with this, they're done with the, with the season, they're giving up, like they've already called it quits, they're rebuild mode. But it was almost like the, I mean, obviously the opposite happened. They trade Vaughn and this pass rush that was literally non-existent outside of Vaughn just exploded last week with Jonathan Cooper and even Stephen Weatherly and like everybody played good. So in my opinion, it's kind of, I mean, I don't Vaughn Miller to John Gruden in any way, but it's almost like the Raiders situation when, when John Gruden had to resign earlier this year, one big event, occurred that brought like that whole team together and it's like it kind of feels like that for me with and obviously that's a big event because Vaughn is a legend not only for this team but for all of the NFL the best defensive player in Broncos history so it was an event you know trading him was a big deal and I'm sure I mean obviously Vaughn was extremely emotional so I'm sure he was even more emotional off of camera with his Dove Valley. So it, to me, it almost felt like rallied around each other after Vaughn was traded because it was almost like, almost like okay, our leader, because he really is like, he, he's the heart and soul of the, of the Broncos team. <clears throat> he's gone. So who's going to step up? Who, who, we have to step up and work together 
to keep this train rolling. And they did that. And I would just love to see a second week of that. And I just don't want, I just don't want last week to be a fluke. You know, I just don't at least show me something. Don't get, don't be, don't go come out in this Eagles game and just get shit on and don't come out with, with a boring ass game plan. And cause we, it was exciting last week. Both sides of the ball were exciting. When the Broncos have an, an exciting game on the offensive side of the ball, like it's a big deal from what we've seen in recent. So even if you lose this game, don't go down like you ha- did like against the Raiders earlier this year. You know what I mean? Against these the Browns. Don't go down like that. Come in and and at least put some good football out there. And if they put decent football out on the field this week, they're probably going to win anyway. But yeah, that was my kind of my big point is, or big question was, do you think that trading Vaughn had an effect on kind of how the team performed last week and how they're going to perform moving forward? Yeah, uh, uh, to answer your question really fast before I get into my explanation is, yeah, I 100% think that was a, the reason why. And I know I jokingly texted you during the game, during the Cowboys game. I'm like, damn, was Vaughn really holding the team back? Because <laughs> I, I would see a lot of people saying that. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think Vaughn Miller was holding the team back. That's not, uh, that's not at all. That's ridiculous. Um, if somebody having that. So, having having someone like Von Miller on your team makes you better, it does. So it just for me and my opinion in the situation is that uh, Von Miller just doesn't fit well in this team anymore. Von Miller fits well with a Super Bowl ready team, um, and those are the Rams. So when we finally do get to see Vaughn play with the Rams, I think he's going to contribute a lot to their success. Um, I just think, I think it was time. I think it was like Vaughn Miller said, and he said that it's like a splinter. Once you pull out the splinter, it hurts, you know, uh, but then heals up and it's all good. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that the Von Miller effect of this football team definitely had a ripple effect across the team. And I do agree with what you say. It's our, our daddy is gone. <laughs> you know, like yeah. our, our big brother or our mentor, our leader, a guy that has been to the big game and won the big game in a big way and was the MVP of the game is gone. And all we're left with is the guidance and the advice that he gave us along the way. And in a way, I think the players, I think all the players on the Broncos team have a ton of respect for Von Miller and what he does um, or what he has done in, for this Broncos team in the past and in the NFL in general, um, because who wouldn't want to play alongside Von Miller? That's like playing alongside Lawrence Taylor or Ronnie Lott or mm-hmm. one of those legendary players, you know? So I think for them, it's, he's gone. It sucks. We're sad about it, but Hey, now it's time to rally up together. Now it's time for us to just essentially take the reins. This is, this is uh, a Von Miller less Broncos team. This is a new era Broncos team. It's time for us to come together and take the reins of this Broncos team. And I think that's what they did. I think they uh, took a, uh, a sad situation and they made the best out of it. Yeah. And they rallied together and, you know, they went out there and they made Von Miller proud in a way. And I guarantee that was in, the, in their heads during the football game. It's Jonathan Cooper out there. He's like when he was pressuring the quarterback, he got a sack, a couple sacks, you know. I guarantee it was in the back of his mind. He's like, yeah, I'm making Vaughn proud right now. Yeah, probably. And that's just – that's the caliber of player Vaughn Miller is, is that that's someone you want to make proud for these players, yeah. especially someone like Jonathan Cooper you know, in his position. Uh, so I think that 100% the Vaughn Miller effect was the reason why the, the Broncos played so well. I really do. Um, everyone thought that the 
Von Miller leaving would have an adverse effect with the Broncos, which understandable, like you lose your best player and no one expects you to, no one even expects you to win with Von Miller, nonetheless win without Von Miller. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think it was just a lot of motivation was behind that and a lot of uh, loyalty to Von Miller's legacy and wanting to, you know, show dad that they're proud, that, that he can be proud of them. Yeah, so, and I think we mentioned this, maybe you and I were talking about it, maybe I was talking about it with somebody else, but <clears throat> it's almost like with Vaughn leaving and him being traded to the Rams, I don't, and I don't want, I don't know how else to describe it, but because this sounds negative, but it was almost like a cloud was lifted away from the Broncos. Like, yeah, we were talking about it because you were saying this. You said, like, with Von Miller on the roster, the expectation is Super Bowl. You know, like, the expectation is at least competing for the playoff spot and making a run because he, that's his expectations because he's seen it and he's done it. Traded and he's kind of, obviously removed from the team, it's almost like things got clear now. It's like, okay, it's, it's other it's, you know, it's other players turns to make a name for themselves. It's other players turns to try to become somebody and usher in this new generation of Broncos. Like, like I know we still have McManus, but Vaughn was literally the last of his generation. Yeah. He was last of a great Broncos generation. And now it's time to create a new one. And maybe they started that last week. I, God, I hope they started that last week. I know. I'm right there with you. And, and we're it, fixing to find out. Exactly. And that's what, I mean, I'm excited to watch Broncos every week. But this week, it's almost like I'm a little, I'm more, I guess not, I mean, not more excited than I am on average, but a little more intrigued, like, I want to know what am I going to see, and I mean, this is a perfect a perfect opponent to show. They're not top of the fucking league. They're not bottom of the league. They're right with us, right in the middle of the pack. Show us what you could do against a similar team, a similar team, you know, record wise, and maybe even talent wise. I think the Broncos have more talent than the uh, Eagles do, but. You know, show us what you can do against your caliber of team. Right. And like you said, that all goes into that big question mark for this week. It's can the Broncos keep this train, this locomotive going, adding coal to the steam engine, just keep throwing in coal, or did they run out of coal and are they just coasting Mm -hmm. at this point? So... That's a big question, man, and I, I wish I had more answers, <laughs> but uh, I feel like we're in the same boat with that. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's gonna like, like you said, I'm very intrigued as well. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there seeing it for myself, my own two eyes, and um, looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to it, and like you said, uh, I am excited to watch the Broncos every week. And ask anyone. Um, but this one's a little bit more exciting slash intriguing for me because is this the game that, well, I mean, okay. Is this the second game that the Broncos can hold their consistency? Because I feel like the last game is them like in a way proving themselves, but they really need to double down because They have, quote, proved themselves in the past and then fell flat on their face the following week. Yep. So it takes it takes two games for me to be a little convinced that this team has turned a chapter without Von Miller and that they're working towards the new generation of the Denver Broncos. So yeah, I like it. So yeah, so big question. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to seeing it. So Yeah. All right, uh, X Factors. Who do you think? Man, so an X Factor is, I think honestly, my biggest X Factor for this game, <clears throat> it really is uh, Javante and Melvin. 
like that's kind of like the X factor for the season for me. But this game specifically because the Eagles struggle so so much uh, defending the run. If these guys have good games, or even one of them has, one, I mean, if the running game is if the if the Broncos are running, they should win this game. Hundred percent, they should win this game. If they if the Eagles somehow you know stop the run, then there's area comfort area for concern to me so that's why just the run game and obviously Javante and Melvin are our run game so those those guys are my x factors for this week okay yeah that's that's kind of what I was leaning towards too but I think I want to take a different approach um what leads into a a, a great running game and we saw it last week with the Dallas Cowboys is those offensive linemen creating those massive holes. Yeah. I mean, did you see those? Oh, we yeah. drive a truck through them. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think the, the X factor for me is definitely going to be the offensive line. I think, especially with a battered offensive line and them going out there and proving themselves as backups on this team, I think they need to go out there and – do it again. Mm-hmm. Do it again. Show us what you got. Quinn, go out there and flop that belly onto their pads and just drive them to the dirt. <laughs> yeah. You know, like keep that, keep it moving. Open up those holes because you open up those holes, it's going to make way for that run game. So I think that's definitely an X factor for me. And then another X factor and this is pretty obvious, but it's going to have to be Pat Sertana with Devontae Smith. Um, take away their wide receiver. Just take them away. Because yeah. um, I mentioned earlier that they like the, the deep shots. Um, just take that away. Make Jalen Hurts run around like a chicken with his head cut off. Because he will. He'll run around. He's quick. He's athletic. Uh, but just take it away and make him make uncomfortable throws. So, and allow the secondary to eat. Yep. So, you take away Devontae Smith, that's, I don't know who else they really have. Um, yeah, I mean, they forward, got, so. yeah, nobody nobody that should be beating any of the Broncos corners. Exactly. So, uh, those are the two big X factors for me. So, I like it. Um, MVP, who do you project? Who do you think is going to just just go off this game? Man, I mean, I'm. I don't want to be too. Uh, man, oh man. So the guy that comes to mind right away, and I was thinking about this earlier this week. Uh, I mean, I think the MVP for me this week is Jonathan Cooper again, and I know he's kind of the hot name okay. right now, one of the hot names. But <clears throat> as we were just discussing, you know, that next generation after Vaughn you know we need a pass rusher obviously that guy available right now and Jonathan Cooper has had even before he was started when he was in this rotation and he looked good he looked really really good so now he's getting a starting opportunity and you saw what he did last week so he gets it done again man Jalen Hurts like you said He's a mobile guy and likes to run around. It's not always a good thing. He doesn't like sit. You know, sometimes he won't sit in the pocket and let things develop. He'll try to, you know, sneak out of the pocket and take off. And I'm going to predict another two-game sack for Jonathan Cooper or a two-sack game for Jonathan Cooper. So Okay. I like it. Cooper honestly might – I mean, he's got the talent to be, like, our next, like, Shaq Barrett. Okay. Like, in my I opinion. I like it. I really liked him coming out of the draft. <laughs> and study on him right when he came in. Was drafted. Yeah, man. He, he should not have fallen as far as he did. He, he's extremely talented, and I think we're really going to start seeing that now that he's a starter. Okay. I like it. So, uh, you know how I mentioned earlier, you make Jalen Hurts uncomfortable, and he throws in bad positions, and he's trying to go for that deep shot? No. My MVP is going to be Justin Simmons. He's going to have two picks. He's been great last month. 
shot him up. I mean, the ridiculous. We will get through this. We will get through this. <laughs> my God. So, two picks from Justin Simmons. That is my prediction for the MVP of the game. And like you said, he has uh, hushed up a lot of uh, doubters these past few weeks. And I was asking, did you hear what Brian Dawkins said about him? No, I, had, I didn't hear anything about that. So, Brian Dawkins went on the record recently saying that Justin Simmons is a dude and that I've loved him since he was a freshman in college, essentially. Mm -hmm. So a legend giving his, you know, his approval for this player. I mean, how could you doubt this man? So, I mean, a lot of people don't understand is players don't get paid on accident. Like you don't become the highest paid at your position because you were just okay. Like Simmons got pizzayed this off season. Yeah. It's because he's that good. He is that good of a safety. He's that good of a football player. So exactly. So yeah, two picks, excuse me, uh, MVP of this game. So I love it. Okay. Let's wrap this up. Uh, score predictions. What do you think? What are you feeling? Hmm. I think I don't think this is going to be a boring game by any means, but compared to last week, it'll be boring. Uh, a lot of running the ball from both teams, solid defense from both teams. I'm going to go. It's going to be. I think it's still going to be a close. Uh, but I'm going to give the edge to the Broncos. I'm going to go. Man, I'm trying to think of how. I mean, I'm trying to think of scoring break. I don't. You know, fuck it. I think it's going to be 26. 26 to. <coughs> excuse me. Um, no, 27, 24 Broncos. Yeah. 26, okay. 24, or 27, 24 Broncos. 27, 24. Okay. I think I'm going to – I like the, the three-touchdown game for the Broncos. I could definitely – especially if they establish that run game, I could see them getting at least three touchdowns. And that's that's where I went, the three touchdowns, two field goals, yep. Yeah. So I'm thinking hmm, – I'm thinking 23-10. 23-10 Broncos. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking, like I said, like this Eagle offense can put up some points. However, you take away their talent and you rush the quarterback like you did last week, they're not going to be able to score that much. So I'm going to go with 23-10 Broncos, and we're going to run this train right into the bye week. And it's going to come out of the back of the bye week going into, I believe, the Chargers. I think Chargers yep, is Chargers. Have first. Yep. So. And you know what? I'm, I'm changing my prediction because you talked me into it. Okay. I'm going, to st- I'm going to keep the Broncos at 27, but the Eagles are only going to score 17 this week. 20, okay. 24 is just a little too much. This defense should be able to handle them pretty easily. Okay. I like it. We're on the same page. <laughs> Now let's no. hope the Broncos are on the same page. <laughs> I know, right? They they absolutely need to be on the same page. So, well, cool, man. Huh? I'm excited to watch it. And yeah, let's have fun, man. I'm, I'm still you. gonna I'm, I'm still gonna text you. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. not gonna leave you hanging like that. So, um, <laughs> look forward to watching it, man. So, did you have any other final final thoughts before we close it out? Nope, I think we covered just about everything. All righty. Sorry well, for the uh, technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, no worries. It it happens. So, um, again, like always, thank you everyone for listening to the Couch Potato Sports Denver Broncos Edition podcast. And like I say every week, go out, go and venture out and check out that Avalanche Crash the Net podcast, Couch Potato Sports. Uh, check out the Denver Nuggets Couch Potato Sports podcast. 
Um, a bit of an interesting week with the Denver Nuggets and uh, Jokic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, uh, needless to say, I'm excited for that November 29th game against the Heat. Um, curious to see how that goes. So, um, and then we have the uh, the boring, lonely Rockies Couch Potato Sports <laughs> podcast. But Mr. John Vargas is not a lonely, boring guy. He the all the sensei of the Colorado Rockies, if you if I will. Um, he definitely makes it more interesting for us uh, lost Colorado Rockies fans. So um, thank you all for listening. Anthony, as always, greatly appreciate doing this with you. It's always been fun since day one. And I look forward to doing another victory pod with you. Hopefully. Looking forward to it, man. Another victory pod. So yes, all right, man. Well, you have a wonderful night and always go Broncos. Go Broncos.